Hello and welcome to the Double Double. My name is David Dixon and it's Tuesday, June 15th here in New York City. Hope everyone is doing well, having a good start to the week. A lot to talk about on the podcast today. Two good basketball games last night in the NBA playoffs and a big one tonight. Bucks Nets game five. Waited as long as long as I could to before recording this. We just got in injury news, updates about tonight's game. James Harden plans to play. He was ruled out yesterday, reportedly out yesterday afternoon by, by the Brooklyn Nets with his right hamstring injury. They upgraded him to doubtful this morning, which seemed like a little bit of gamesmanship to me to having him be doubtful, so just out. He apparently did his workout this morning, tested his hamstring. He then got upgraded to questionable. From the reporting so far, as of about 1.30-ish East Coast time, James Harden will test his hamstring tonight in warm-ups with the plan being that he will suit up and play for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Kyrie Irving is out with his sprained ankle. This is a massive, massive development in this series as Harden went down 40 seconds into game one, missed because it was so early in game one, missed the first four games. Irving went down in game four, and we were staring down the barrel of a potential rest of the series with a team with three stars down to just one in Kevin Durant, where, hey, Kevin Durant is 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 enough to win a best two of three game series as what this has now turned into being at 2-2 in game five but James Harden's return changes the dynamic because he is he's a special player he's a former MVP he can do so much the question is especially with these soft tissue injuries how healthy is he how well can he move how much conditioning has he done we saw in the Lakers series, Anthony Davis pushed it, tried to suit up in game six against Phoenix, tried to be out there with his groin injury, and it didn't go well. He wasn't the same player, couldn't really move, and he was forced to leave the game in the first quarter, and and that was the official end of, of that series. Look for early on how the Bucks attack Harden on defense, really try to make him guard, make him move laterally, make him guard ball screens, make him test out the hamstring and see see just how healthy he is because he may be he may be back to being James Harden, but the only way to know is if you make him play defense, move around a lot, exert a lot of energy and and just try to to see it's you know, it's 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 like when a, a pitcher in baseball has some type of lower body injury, whether he's coming back from a hamstring or, or whatever, and a team will bunt and, and make him get off the mound and field and, and just make him move around and, and kind of test it out. That's what I would expect the Bucks to do. I'm sure that they were preparing for both scenarios if all three were going to play, all three stars, just one, two. The, this is the playoffs. This this is not going to catch the Bucks by surprise but it may alter their first 10 or so possessions in the first quarter tonight. So that's what I would look for on the Bucks side, given this new James Harden news. It's massive, massive news. It's this series has gone in two, you know, the, the, the pendulum swings in this series starting game two, when after the Bucks 
were blown out by the Nets and fell down 2-0. This is over. The Nets are going to run away with the title. Giannis, you know, he's not good enough. All this stuff to they win game three, maybe win game four, and then Kyrie goes down. All of a sudden now Bucks favorites in, in the series, perhaps title favorites now because of the Nets injuries. The pendulum swings in this series. It's insane, and it's it's a lot like the Suns-Lakers series where Chris Paul goes down game one, Lakers become favorites, Davis goes down, Paul comes back, Suns become favorites and, and go on to, to win the series. I don't know what to expect tonight. The crowd should be interesting in Brooklyn, should be a packed house. We'll see if, if what effect that has on Milwaukee. They didn't play well in Barclays the first two games. didn't shoot that well. They shot out the ball a lot better on Sunday afternoon. It should help the Nets players being back at home for that game. We talked, you know, I, I talked yesterday about the adjustments going ahead for for game five tonight, but so much of this series relies on the Bucks offense moving the ball not just relying on on isolation plays and really making the the Nets defense, which is poor, and now adding back in Harden, which you kind of have to play James Harden. You have to play him. So now uh, they'll still probably start Bruce Brown and, and Irving's place for that defense, but you have to make him guard. You have to make them play defense and just not just be able to just stand around, watch someone shoot an ISO either it's a make or miss get a rebound and push out in transition because they're so good offensively it really comes down to how the the buck shooting from far away and just isolation play try to limit that as much as possible now there are, there are going to be times where if where they get a favorable matchup isolation is, is more than fine but especially in transition coming down not just taking Zero pass or or or, or one pass three pointers by uh, by guys like Holiday or Giannis, where or even Middleton or Lopez, where where you would think that hey we we can probably get that shot after three or four passes, but just coming down and dribbling into a three pointer is it's just not what we're looking for at, at this moment. That's going to be key for Milwaukee and for Brooklyn. Look, the it's 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 how healthy is is James Harden if he's healthy. And plays well. I mean, they have a great chance to 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 win this game tonight. Joe Harris will probably shoot better. One for for one main reason, he can't really shoot any worse than he did in Game Three and and Game Four. He will help the team tonight, I think, with with the way that he can shoot the ball. But making him guard on defense a lot is 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 tough because he's not a great defender, and he moves around so much on offense that you know just getting him to do more stuff on. On, on the defensive side over the course of the game may wear him out just enough that in the fourth quarter his shots aren't falling. It's going to be a fascinating game. The other thing to tell right early on besides James Harden's injury is we know what the matchups are going to be. This is now game five. You know who's guarding who. We know P.J. Tucker is going to guard Kevin Durant. That's going to be the matchup. It worked really well for Milwaukee in game three and game four. P.J. Tucker was successful in being super physical with Durant. Steve Nash said it crossed the line into non-basketball physical. Look, it's up to the referees to establish what is a foul, what's the line they're going to call that game, and what's not. And it's P.J. Tucker is going to 
be super physical with Kevin Durant because he's Kevin Durant. That's the only way you can stop and contain him. It is up to the referees to, to enforce the rules and call the physicality. Watch early if Tucker picks up a quick foul, if it seems like a little touch foul or stuff that they were letting go in game four is now getting called or they're calling a really tight game. That helps the Nets out a bit because they could shoot they shoot really well from from the from, from the free throw line and just it means that Durant is not going to get beat up for a third straight game by by PJ Tucker but PJ Tucker come out to be super aggressive it's up to the refs to decide how they're going to call the game and then the players will adjust and and we'll see where it goes but yeah early on Harden's injury see how he's moving see see how healthy he looks and then the referees and just what type of game that that they're going to call Two games last night to to get into. First game, Sixers-Hawks. Hawks steal a game four at home to tie the series at two. Steal it. The Philly was playing really well in the first half. They were up. It looked like they were going to run away at this game, take the 3-1 lead, and get ready for the Eastern Conference Finals. But Joel Embiid really struggled. Now, he was 8 for 8 from the free throw line. He did a good job getting there. Still had 21 rebounds. If you just looked at points and rebounds, he had 17 points, 21 rebounds, 4 assists. You would say not, not the scoring you would expect from Embiid, but a good game. Then you slide over to the left and you see the shooting percentages. And you say, oh boy, he was 4 for 20 from the field, 0 for 12 in the second half. And the reporting is that he aggravated his knee injury in the first half and then going into halftime and then he went 0 for 12 in the second half and and sort of the the, the whole preview I did of this game and, and kind of just what, what what has been proved throughout this series is Philly goes as Embiid goes and Atlanta cannot beat Philly if Embiid plays to his level just his level and last night was a poor Embiid performance and the Hawks only won by three points at home. <laughs> and that's a good sign for Philly. Embiid's injury and how hurt he is, not a good sign. We will see in the next day, today, tomorrow, what the reporting is out about, about what it really is, how how healthy he is. Because he, he he looked really good game, game one, two, three. Looked really good, except the second half last night. He was, he was really poor. And, you know... You're you're not going to play to to win a championship at 16 wins. You're not going to have 16 A plus games in a row. But for the Philadelphia 76ers to withstand a a B minus type game or or worse from from their best player offensively, and to still have a chance to to tie the game on the last possession and only lose by three points on the road, it's going to be okay. Just hope and beat is okay. Really don't want to see another superstar go down in these playoffs, but think he'll be okay. And I still think that Philadelphia will win this series because Atlanta still just they just don't have anyone to match up with and contain Embiid. And Philly still shot the ball pretty well from far away. Harris made a couple. Curry, Corkmaz, who replaced Danny Green, they played well. Keep just it's it's all going to rely as it did before on Embiid's health. Flipping around to. Atlanta, they're a good team. I know I said this last time, but 
Trey Young had 25 points and 18 assists last night, including one beautiful pass late where he drove to the basket, almost like pump faked up and then reached around low to skip a pass out to the left corner where I believe John Collins knocked down the three-pointer. Trey Young is an exciting, tremendous young player. It's This offseason is going to be huge for him, whether or not he chooses to play in the Olympics and just what he adds to his game after his first postseason run because this Atlanta team most likely will not win a championship. We will see and. It will just be fascinating to see what Trey Young adds to his game going into next season and what if he plays in the Olympics, what he takes away from from, from that experience. Because this this Atlanta team is seemingly one piece away or one minor move away potentially or one half step up by Trey from being a true Eastern Conference title contender. And I'm just really I'm really excited to see what they do. I don't think they have enough in this series, especially with DeAndre Hunter being out, but it's just really fun and exciting to see a young team coming together at the right time and a team that that may explode and grow into a championship team in the next year or two, which will be really, really cool to see. The other game last night, Clippers tie the series up against Utah 2-2. Two to two. They came out and punched him in the mouth. Oh my goodness, the Clippers came out and punched the Jazz in the mouth. They were up 20 points at the half. It was a great win for them. Mitchell still scored the ball really well. He's he's just a he's a tremendous offensive player. The way he could score off the dribble, get to the free throw line. I want to remind people a little bit too about Donovan Mitchell. When he was coming out of high school, he was a high flyer incredible vertical athleticism, very fast, quick, but was not a polished, developed offensive player. He would play really, really hard the same way he does now. Still had this great athleticism and body build, but he was not a guy who you could throw the ball to and say, go get us a bucket. And and that was not true. His And that was true at his, at his first year at Louisville as well. He was a guy who at Louisville was a really good defender, and would pick his spots on offense in his freshman year, but was not a reliable faraway shooter, was not a guy who you would give him the ball and say, hey, go create a jump shot for us off the bounce in in a high pick and roll type situation. The development of Donovan Mitchell starting at Louisville under Coach Patino, and since he's been in the NBA with the Utah Jazz, it's just been incredible to watch as a basketball fan, seeing a guy just get better and better and better every single year and adding to his game and, Look, when he was a rookie in the NBA, he scored really well, but was not a great pick-and-roll decision-maker. Every year, gets better at that. Gets better at the law pass to Gobert. Gets better at the kick-out passes to shooters. Gets better at drawing fouls because he knows, hey, I shoot really well from the free-throw line. That's an advantage. I need to get to the line more. Watching Donovan Mitchell grow the last four or five years from his college career to his professional career has just been awesome. It has been awesome, and I cannot wait to see. Depending on how far the Jazz go, he may be forced to miss the Olympics if they win the championship, for instance, just because of the timing of the finals and when the Olympics start. I almost want him, as much as I want him to win the championship, I almost would would rather get a chance to see him in the Olympics to just get to see him in that environment and and what he picks up and develops from from that experience playing for Team USA because he is 
He's just a fantastic, fantastic young player. And I don't know if he has ever a chance in the next two, three years to win an MVP award. But if he keeps getting better and better and better, he has a legit chance to be a first or second team All-NBA player consistently throughout his mid-20s and, and his prime for the next five or six years because he's he's a tremendous player in a tremendous place right now with their roster for for the Jazz and the team that they have around him. The Jazz just need more from Jordan Clarkson. His role is heat check guy, irrational confidence guy who's going to come in, he's going to shoot, you need him to score. You know, if, if he doesn't shoot well, it's, it's going to be hard for them to win. And so if he's playing 30 minutes off the bench, you need him to be a little better than, than eight points on three of 12 shooting. Jazz are really good. This is why you get home court advantage. This is why, because the Clippers are one, they're just a weird team. And two, it's, they, they don't have to win at Staples. They, as long as they defend home court, the way that they did in games one and two, the Jazz will advance to play Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals. And if you're the Clippers, Paul George played pretty well. He scored 31 points again, shot the ball well. Kawhi was a monster. Oh, my goodness, was he great. Loved the way that him and Leonard both got to the line. George George and Leonard got to the free throw line. It was a, it was a great start to the game. Marcus Morris shot the ball great. If, if you're going to get a game where he's going to score 24 points, you go six for 11 from the field, five, six from three, and seven from eight from the line. That's usually going to be a win for you. Usually going to be a win for you. And look, they, Luke Kennard knocked down shots. They're, they're a team that doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense because of just from game to game, how different they look or quarter to quarter. It's almost like they need, they, they need a wake up call in, in some situation. Be like, guys, come on. Come on, like, we're going to go in the title. Come on. We're down 2-0. Like, we have to start doing this now. And they're, they're, they're an exciting team. Kawhi, in these moments in the playoffs, just feels like he always just right, steps his game up to a whole nother level. And he had one dunk last night over Derek Favors that was just phenomenal, just a phenomenal dunk. He's There's a reason why he has had the playoff success he has had. There's a reason why the Clippers did whatever they could to bring him in is that if he's playing like this, the Clippers are going to be really, really hard to beat. But game five in Salt Lake City, the Clippers have to win a, a road game to to win this series. And we'll see. That's that's always the hardest thing. That series, you know, all three series left are all best of threes now. Game fives all tied two to two. This is what we love as basketball fans. We love having the best teams matched up in the playoffs where both teams are playing pretty well and it comes down to these these moments where at best two out of three series may get a couple of game sevens, hopefully. All this stuff we just love as basketball fans. So that'll do it for this episode of the Double Double. If you like this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast where you can subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars would be much, much appreciated. Let's follow us on Twitter at DBL underscore DBL podcast. We'll be back hopefully tomorrow. Take care and make it a great day.